Thank you, Loretta. So I grew up United Brethren, or well, Church of the Brethren, and then United Brethren, right? And all denominations have very specific theologies of baptism. We can talk about some of those in the talk back if you like. But that church has very traditional, or some would say orthodox theology, right? Jesus is born sinless and lives a sinless life and dies sinless. So as a little kid, my whole concern was, why is Jesus getting baptized? And it's interesting because I learned this story from my own grandmother, who was my Sunday school teacher. And she put up the blue felt board and she put the paper John the Baptist on the felt board and you knew it was him because of his overgrown hair and bushy beard and short tunic standing on, not in because it's paper, the River Jordan. And he, she tells this story. There was a man named John the Baptizer. He lived in the wilderness of Judea and preached to the people who came to hear him saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. People came from all around to hear him and be baptized by him. And John said to them, I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who comes after me, who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Then Grandma introduced Jesus. You knew it was him because he had on a long white robe with a blue sash. And she told the rest of the tale. Jesus came all the way from Galilee to be baptized by his cousin John. And John is shocked at this, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus replied, let it be this way for now. We should do all things that are God's will. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. And then, in my brethren upbringing, John baptized Jesus by fully immersing him, not one, but three times. And as soon as he was baptized, he stood up and his paper self was no worse for the wear. But then things get really interesting. The heavens opened up and this huge paper dove, bigger than Jesus himself, rests on Jesus' head. Let it be known that the dove was, I mean, truly enormous, and I think a replacement part. And in the deepest, boomingest voice my four-foot, ten-inch grandmother could muster, she intoned, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And it was all very grand, the self-board telling of the story. But what that medium lacks is nuance. We don't get to see Jesus' robes getting wetter and heavier as he stepped from Jordan's banks into the river's flow. We didn't get to see the cousins talking close, their heads together in conversation while onlookers strained to see what was going on. We can't hear the exasperation in John's voice or the reassurance in Jesus's, followed by John's final consent. We cannot feel the emotional tone of any of this experience. We cannot know what it was like to see the Spirit of God come rest on Jesus or hear a voice say the words, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well we cannot even know if anyone aside from Jesus experienced the Spirit or heard the voice. The text simply does not say. Yet on this day in the liturgical calendar, 
we remember the baptism of Jesus and celebrate our own baptisms. In the UCC, we practice baptism at any age or stage in a person's life. So it's possible that many of us don't remember our baptisms, and that's the call you often hear in church today. Remember your baptism and go in peace. But we can remember that we are baptized, even if we don't specifically remember our baptism. So what might that mean? In this tradition, baptism is, quote, an outward and visible sign of the grace of God. Through baptism, a person is joined with the universal church, the body of Christ. In baptism, God works in us the power of forgiveness, the renewal of the spirit, and the knowledge of the call to be God's people always. The act of baptism also marks the beginning of a new life of discipleship with Christ, the human response to that gift. And in this statement, and as well as in this text, I find three critical elements of a life of faith. Baptism, confirmation, and commissioning. First, we are to be baptized with water and the Holy Spirit, and certainly Jesus was these things. Through Jesus' baptism, he showed humanity what it means for the word of God to become incarnate. He felt the water touch his skin. He smelled the river's smell. He felt his cousin's warm breath when they talked and his hand on his back during his baptism. He felt the water drip from his face and eyelashes and beard after the act. He saw and heard with fully human eyes and ears the spirit and the voice. What I found confusing as a child that I understand as an adult is this. Jesus did not need to repent, and this was John's call toward baptism, repent. But Jesus, this embodied, enfleshed, fully human God with us, showed us what it likewise means to be human. This tangible man had these tangible experiences tinged with the supernatural. Remembering that we are baptized in this sense gives us the freedom to experience ourselves, our embodied, enfleshed, fully human selves, the possibility of embracing the totality of our humanity by being exactly where we are in time and space, one moment to the next. Remembering we are baptized, then, means remembering and reveling in the truth that God chose to create humans in all, in all our complexity and simplicity. We honor God in honoring fully our human bodies. In Matthew's Gospel, we also see confirmation. When the, Spirit when the Spirit descends like a dove and alights on Jesus, there's a voice saying, This is my Son, my Beloved, in whom I am pleased. And it's interesting, this Greek here, the text says God is eukodeo, eukodeo, meaning pleased or more commonly simply content. The Greek doesn't seem to indicate that God is ecstatic, jumping up and down like somebody watching a playoff game. It really just means that God is very well in this situation. 
And I suppose that makes sense. Thus far in Matthew's gospel, Jesus has not performed a miracle, uttered a prayer, shared a parable. He has simply shown up. Jesus hasn't yet spoken a word in the gospel of Matthew, yet very often more than any grand gesture or miraculous experience, just showing up is what God asks of us. He followed his cousin's call into the wilderness. And what's so beautiful here, what I said to the children, is that Jesus being baptized by John is that Jesus knew the call on John's life. So while John says Jesus should baptize him, Jesus submits instead to John's call and confirms him in it. And in so doing, Jesus himself is confirmed. Remembering that we are baptized then means knowing deep in our bones that we are confirmed members of the household of faith. This is no easy task. So many folks grow up believing that everyone has worth, everyone gets to come to the table, everyone is valued and beloved of God, except themselves. They think that if others only knew how secretly bad they are, all the terrible things they have done, they would be outcast, cut off, and left alone. But this is not the posture in which God created the world. God looks at Jesus and calls him beloved, not merely because he was there before the beginnings of time or the foundations of the world, but because in his humanity, he's part of a family. He's part of a community needed, liked, and indeed beloved. Remembering that we are baptized means remembering the same is true of us. It means seeing ourselves rightly and acting accordingly. One struggle with the church today is that we baptize many and even confirm some. But after confirmation, so many of our kids stop coming to church. And I think that's our fault. We don't communicate very well that baptism and confirmation are not culminating acts of faith. We are not done after confirmation. Rather, we are blessed and indeed commissioned into our work within the beloved community. Jesus' baptism and confirmation open the door for his mission right here in this Certainly our identity grows and deepens over time, just, just as Jesus did in his public ministry. Jesus' identity is as much about purpose as it is about personhood. And as it was for Jesus, so it should be for us, that our baptism and confirmation are followed by a commissioning. At every turn, remembering that we are baptized means we help our fellows claim their identity as being created in God's image and belonging to God forever. Remembering that we are baptized means reminding our family of faith of our purpose, both individually and collectively in this place. Remembering that we are baptized means we support one another in the missions to which we have been called. Remembering that we have been baptized means we listen when others call us out of busyness and redirect us to our purpose. Remember that you are baptized, friends, in your glorious and fallible human body 
in your absolute belovedness and in your mission.